Yes, folks, it's Thursday, it's 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray, and I got all that right for once, which means this must be... Well, Kristen, we're back again. I love the hat. You like it? It has a tail. It, it does. Um, I, I love the hat. You're that. I mean, you've come close to equaling the Viking hat. That's uh, about all I can say is you've come very close to uh, hitting the Viking hat, my friend. Well, you know, my goal is to win the contest we don't yet have for the Viking. And not the sound effects of my little lost opto thinking. I think he saw the hat too. And he thinks it's like but it's not a snake, so all the animal people out there, I'm one of you. It is completely fake. Sorry about. Okay. All right. So before we bring Ray and David in for our my favorite segment, Pillars of, of Weather, um, yes. what's our update on our mentee? Well, so this week, our mentee is um, having one of those typical moments um, I think that most people do when you're about to invest your entire life savings and to and you have two choices sitting in front of you at my last there's so much happening right now and I don't know what to do and I said, that's okay, because sometimes we're at a cross in the road, and the best thing to do is to sit back and take a deep breath. Don't freak out. And don't think that you have to do anything today. The kind of issue that we're having is that one of our people, or one of, one of the candidates, one of the franchisors, is in the middle of rewriting the CD. The problem Whoa, whoa, whoa! Who's got a who's got a the show up on the screen? We're getting bad feedback. Who's watching the show? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Who's got a who's got a the show up on the screen? We're getting bad feedback. Who's watching the show? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Who's got a who's got a the show up on the all right i think we got that there sorry about that folks uh we'll try this again there so kristen unmute yourself and talk to me again ah okay <laughs> okay so as i was saying so we got a that is in the middle of rewriting their FCD. And so when we do that, the, the Federal um, Trade Commission requires a certain number of weeks that the FCD has to be out there. Um, the franchisee or potential franchisee has to have a new number of weeks or days that they have to have possession of it to review it all over again. So he's been caught in the middle of that. and. Um, so I think he's a little overwhelmed right now, but he is, I said, you know, hey, listen, are you at a point where you feel like you need to step back and reevaluate the whole situation? You know, tell me what you're feeling. And he said, oh, no, we're definitely moving forward. 
I just need all of this smooth over, settle down. And so it's really kind of um, disappointing, but people have to understand that this kind of thing happens not infrequently. Um, franchisors don't all renew their FDDs at the same time. So um, not too long ago, I was, um, well, I guess technically it was about five years ago, but it feels like yesterday, we were up for renewal at our 10-year mark, and there was a real rush to hurry up and get my renewal done before the new investment group took over um, the Molly Maid brand. Unfortunately, we'll just say there was a snafu, and we missed our deadline. So my franchise renewal went under the new franchise agreement well my neighbor who was very close to me in date of renewal as well got to go under the old fdd now what that can mean and people might be like what that can mean is um the amount you pay in fees your royalty percentages can be different based on your sales dollars that you do in a week um there are a lot of different nuances even down to what vendors you choose for say your um, anything from car logos to your uniforms that your people might wear where you order those um, so well it may not seem like a big deal oh what could the difference in one fdd make right to renew your terms in some situations it can make a really big difference so that's where our mentee is at right now is trying to absorb understand this new FDD that's come out from one of his two choices and once he has kind of mulled that over I know we'll get a, a decision from him and he'll be ready to move forward you know, now we're at the point where we think onion is secured he's still kind of on the fence with his location again um, but the big hiccup right now is that new FDD and when you're talking with these two particular franchisors you're not really comparing apples to apples for example, if you had tuned into some of our other mentee uh, mentor episodes, the household value of how they're between those two franchisors is very different. Um, so whether you know one company says you have a hundred thousand uh, households qualified households in this area, and over here this company says that you have seventy five thousand qualified households, the problem is what company who says you have a hundred thousand is qualifying as household may be a household that makes ninety thousand dollars a year and the company that says well you only have seventy five thousand households over here but they're evaluating those those people make a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year so if you can so, follow me verbally <laughs> you see where it's really not apples to apples and that's why this decision can be so hard so what you're telling me is, is if you use the FDD as a sleep aid, it can cost you serious amounts of money. Yeah, it's far better to work with somebody that not only is familiar with the FDDs, but is really familiar with um, the type of business that you're buying, that understands um, not only the lingo that they're talking, but also really understands what does that mean? What does a qualified household mean in this particular instance? Very important. This is happens to be a home services business. You have to understand what does what does that look like, right? And it can't just simply be on a particular day. 
make X amount of dollars, but if it's like $100,000 in California, that does not mean that you necessarily are going to get a housekeeper, for example. $100,000 in California, you might have an, you might barely be able to afford an apartment. $100,000 in, in, Cal, in California, if you're along the coast, gives you an outhouse, maybe. Yeah, Porta potty. Right. Now, the difference do you live in Needles, California, or do you live in Silicon Valley? Right? So, all of these things have to be taken into consideration. So, and, and that brings me to the point of if anybody out there is looking for a franchise and is interested in mentoring, want somebody or a team of people to help them find a franchise. Go to our homepage, Pillars of Franchising. You can go under the Million Dollar Mentor tab, and there you'll find an application for our free services to help you navigate the crazy world of franchising. And we can help you determine what is the best choice for an investment based on your dreams, your budget, your lifestyle, and what it is that you really want to get out of an investment in franchising. All right. And on that note, let's go to my favorite part of the show, Pillars of Weather. Welcome, David. Welcome, Ray. Well, David's pixelating there, but we'll see if we can figure that, uh, fix that here. Why doesn't everyone tell me where they are? Who, who's a pixie? No, pixelating, pixelating, pixelating. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Kristen was talking and I there was something ringing in my head. My father used to tell me a lot, people who procrastinate. He, he was a very colorful person with uh, a lot of expletives. And he'd say, either sh or get off the pot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so where say, are you? And what's <laughs> the weather like? Well, this is I'm Pillars of... Home. <laughs> home. Pillars yeah. of Weather first, please. Yeah, it's uh, 55.9 degrees and cloudy and, and well, partly cloudy. The sun pops out once in a while. It's nice. It's perfect weather. I it's love Chicago it. weather. We call that Ray weather. We actually have the spring this year. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Depends on who you're asking. I mean, well, last year, we didn't we go from winter to summer? To spring, to winter, to fall, to whatever. Yeah, I know. And that was all in one day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't like I don't know. So. The, the, the fact that you and I are neighbors and we share the weather, and mm -hmm. I've been out the last two nights coaching and scoring baseball games, and it dips down to, like, the real feel of 32 degrees in snow pants and winter coats. I sent for uh, – I bet set Fred a couple of photos of me freezing out there. The 50s still just don't do it. They just don't do it for me. So yeah. then the only one who has variation is David. David, where are we today? Yep, absolutely. I'm in uh, Cleveland, North Royalton, Ohio. It's reality is hitting. We're down around 40 degrees in rain. So our, uh, our brief, uh, period of lovely spring weather is now devolved into gray cleveland weather it looks like it's going to be that way for the next few weeks so back back to reality does anywhere else but the midwest uh ever describe weather as and then the real field 
temperature is. <laughs> because I never, like in California, I never remember them saying, and the real deal, now we, hear, we, we always had like, but the air quality, right? Like that was always an issue. But I never remember the weatherman saying, but the real deal, or with the wind chill, it's actually negative 45. Like I never remember that. It would be funny if it hit negative 45 here. It, it really would. I, I would be one of those people going, I'd be wearing two hoodies and, and a light jacket and every, I, and, and from around here, I'd probably do a Chicago stupid and wear shorts just to annoy people. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just what we need. Our topic today is talking about the rising prices of everything. Just what we need is for the West Coast to get something like that and all the crops freeze, all the all the harvest of everything alive to freeze. That's the last thing we need in this world right now. So let's go into our, our topic, uh, reopening business unmasked. No, folks, we're not making a politi- political comment, so please don't write hate mail, but we want to look at the pitfalls and opportunities of the post-pandemic world, which hopefully we get to soon. So who's going to jump in? A little little intro music there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to start with a a little tidbit I found today that was wondering what, what were the economists or the people that are far smarter than me saying about the financial impact of COVID on kind of the general overall American economy. Now, I am not an economist. Sometimes I'm not even really very good with my own checkbook or bank account. So, but I will tell you, I'm strictly quoting the best of my ability, the Harvard Business Review. And this was from November of 2020. And they estimated that approximately if indeed we could get the pandemic under control by fall of this year, we would be looking at approximately a $16 trillion deficit caused by the pandemic. That's pretty huge. Yes. And yes. so so my question was, well, if, as we so frequently say, has been built on the backs of small business, where the heck does that leave us? Because that's pretty much what we're talking about is a small businesses and franchises trying to get the hell out of that mess. The, uh, the interesting part of that is that the, some of the, the biggest businesses will be much richer yeah. because of their necessity. Uh, I'm talking, you know, Sam's Club and Walmarts and, you know, and the poor guy who has a, uh, a haircutting salon, well, you know, he's really suffering. Yeah. So, you know, talk, talk about inequality uh, and distribution of, the, uh, of wealth. I mean, this whole pandemic has really upset the apple cart in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I thought a great place to start was a place that, um, well, it kind of punches everybody in the stomach, so to speak, uh, if you want to say that. Um, the number one place that probably every single family in America visits at least, or at least did, once a week for sure, which is the food industry, right? The restaurants. And and David, I know while you're not in it every day anymore, um, I know you've recently had some discussions and, and some interaction with your old restaurants. And I was wondering if you could share with me some of the... Um, 
some of the frustrations and some of the, the things that your staff shared with you this past week, the struggles of coming back from the pandemic and what they're seeing, what they're experiencing? Well, yeah, I mean, love to. I mean, before I get in that, I, I think the key to it is it's not every business came back, right? But not every business yeah. went away. So, so businesses that we I formerly owned, we have, my partner and I formerly owned, they were they made it through fine and 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 they were well run and well managed and and we made it through fine and now the new owners have taken over and they're 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 building upon that so it was really great to see and or great to hear but it was it was interesting that what's starting to trickle down is kind of a what I'll call a backlog and it's in every industry but especially in this industry there's a trucker shortage. Uh, across the country, which is is delaying um, some some goods being um, delivered on time. Then there's product shortages that they're dealing with because some of the suppliers aren't up to full capacity, so they can't, you know, supply at the levels they want. So so what's that? What's that really mean? Well, in the restaurant industry, that means hey, if I ordered a hundred cases of wings and I only got eleven cases. I'm going to run out and there's going to be guests who have made the trip to come to my restaurant, come to the restaurant and we're not going to have the product that they might've, you know, might've wanted to come and get. So yeah, and for those of you who don't know, that's a Buffalo wild wings, right? So you're going to come to have wings right? or there to not be wings. Right. And then people are going to be like, what do you mean you don't have wings? This is a wing restaurant. Yeah. It says it on your sign. <laughs> so. Yeah. Right. And, and then you're like, sorry guys, but the trucker didn't come to work and the supplier guy or the wholesaler, he's not there anymore. And yeah. So it, it's, that's what we've seen is a, is a trickle down effect on that. And I, and I just use that as an example, but there was, there was several more um, regarding that. Then the other, the other one is, is obviously we've touched on this in many shows Um you know, as, as businesses are opening, there's a, there's a, you know, they're coming in and that's great, but now there's a demand for help. And now there's people who don't want to come off their unemployment. So, so that's another challenge. Um, and then, you know, they have the other things that, that they're dealing with as far as just still maintaining safety protocols. So, and then, you know, some people are, Hey, you know what? Business is open. Why do we still need these safety protocols? And, and you've got that little panel. So, you know, there, there's more, but those are three of the biggest ones that, that we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's a very interesting thing. I mean, I don't know. Um, I think the, the whole unemployment thing is, is such a conversation that I could just go crazy on because that goes back so many different conversations even generations ago but I think when we reward and it's a different time right and I, and I don't want to get political but honestly I have to tell you if, if I were still not working for myself and I was making say a job that maybe didn't reward me very well or I didn't feel like I was treated like part of the family or that perhaps my employer maybe they didn't really care too much about me or maybe I was somebody who really just didn't care about my employer right and well if I'm making just as much or more staying at home with my kids what incentivizes me to go off unemployment right I mean me personally my work ethic does but I'm not everybody right and so that's a whole nother big huge quagmire of a mess that this country has to deal with 
I mean, Ray, did you have anybody not come back? No. No, we had uh, someone who was thinking about it, but uh, I think she got bored. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> you know, I don't know, uh, what, you know, what can you do at home? <laughs> you know, there's plenty of people that seem to have found things to do, uh, you know, and, you know, apparently we've created a system that allows them to mm -hmm. afford to stay home. But, you know, and, and, and the problem I think that we have now, I, I, I do your problem, David, you know, about the shortage of wings, it always cracks me up because I would certainly be one of those customers that would sit down and say, what do you mean you don't have wings? You're a wing mm -hmm. restaurant, right? And my kids would kick me under the table and say, okay, Karen, stop it, you know, and I'd be like, but this is right like because it's just counterintuitive it's intuitive. yeah it's an uncomfortable conversation i mean it, it really is and um you know i feel for them but they'll get through it i mean they've dealt yeah. with these types of things in the past and, and that's the message too is we're talking about as we said reopening unmasked and what we're really doing is kind of unmasking the, the some of the some of the trials that you're going to go through typically but especially now there, there's there's little there's a few more layers to it, you know, or yeah. maybe not even just layers, but maybe um, frequency of, of issues that you might be dealing with. Yeah, well, and really, and I think um, the, the metaphor of unmasked is, has nothing to do with this mask, right? But it has to do with people who are not the business owner, people who are the customer, understanding some of the issues that the business owners are dealing with. I was at um, one of my favorite um, stores, the Cartridge World today, and I was talking to the owner and his manager today. And I said, yeah, we're doing this podcast today. And here's what we're talking about. And he goes, oh my gosh, Kristen, look at my shelf right here. He's like, all of these cartridges and toners, we can't get in. No one in town can supply these. We can't get them. And I said, well, why do you think that is? He goes, I have no idea. We don't know where they are. So, and it's, he said, the biggest companies can't, get these toners in these cartridges and ironically those are some of the toners and cartridges that go into the free printers that we get with the computer yeah yeah it's small free printer and you can't get toners just a lot of st small stumbling blocks and, and you have to be nimble to to uh to anticipate them and also to figure out a way to get around them and keep operating. And that's, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Cause I, I, you know, that's a lot of complexity, you know, coming back and a lot of unknown. That's the other thing, you know, yeah, it's yeah. a plan when you don't creative. know how busy it is. You have to yeah. be a little creative. Uh, uh, one of the things that we were having problems getting was booties. And, uh, and then another owner says, well, why don't you try these washable ones? And, you know, we tried that and that's what we've been doing. Um, another thing was uh, rubber gloves. Uh, we had been buying some really nice ones from the vendors that the employees really liked. They were pink. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they said, oh, sorry, we, we can't get those anymore. <laughs> so when we went shopping, we found out we were paying about four times more yeah. to, to get them. And, you know, but we still got them. But, but you, you have to what? be creative. If you paid four times more, I'm going to call you because I'm paying five times more and, <laughs> and the quality isn't as good, right? And yeah, so yeah, it's it, terrible. Yeah. And so when I talked to the supply houses, I wound up driving to a supply house the other day and what used to be $5 a box for nitro gloves 
is now $20 a box. Yeah. And, and it's very similar because it's, and this is what the guy, um, Dom and I were talking about over at uh, the Bloomingdale Cartridge World. I told him I'd give them a shout out today mm -hmm. because I know they're listening. Um, and I so appreciate their talking to me about all of this because, you know, they share, their, their business is different. We don't have a business like theirs on, on the show, um, but they share a lot of the same concerns, right? When there was the toilet paper shortage, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then nobody could get wipes. Well, then nobody could get gloves. And he didn't realize, he thought the glove shortage was over. He's like, oh my gosh, I thought it was over. I said, oh no, be ready. When you go to buy another box of gloves, it's unless yeah. you can go to a different type of glove and yeah. so and in the problem well we complain about it from a cost perspective the problem then, co then comes is that someone has to pay yeah right yeah. and then what do we do in order for us to make our bills we have to pass that cost on yep yep and so what, what people don't realize is that then when, whether it's the wing goes in price, right, mm -hmm. the service goes up in price, mm -hmm. and, it, and in a lot of states, that's coming kind of at the same time as minimum wage. Yeah. Right? It's supply and demand, right? So low supply, price can go up. And, and again, as a business owner, think about what that really means is at a time when you're trying to ramp your business back up, your costs are also increasing. So you have to really figure out a way to, to, to run ahead of that on top of the normal problems of getting back to profitability. Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. Ray, what do you think is one of your biggest challenges today? Uh, uh, well, I, I think when you say today, uh, I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't say we have... And, 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 you know, when the, when the whole thing started, of course, it, it was what we were talking about, and that's getting uh -huh. supplies, you know, and switching supplies because we went to uh, uh, products that were uh, more uh, sanitary, so to speak, I guess, you know, they were able to clean uh, surfaces uh, sanitarily. And not that we didn't use that same product before, but, it, you know, it was a little cheaper and, uh, you know, it, it did the same job. Uh, but I, I think right now, I can't say we really have any uh, extreme challenges. We're still getting, um, we had some people leave and we're still, we'll still have ads out, you know, uh, asking people to come back. When I say ads, it's mostly uh, word of mouth through our existing uh, employee base. And uh, we, we've increased our staff by four recently. So I would say, you know, probably employment is, in employees is, is our, our biggest challenge right now. Um, since we've been in business so long, we've got things running fairly smoothly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, until the pandemic hit. And then, of course, all hell broke loose. But uh, I think because we had everything locked down with systems and processes uh, before, um, we really didn't miss too much in that respect. And, you know, we had we had to uh, we had some challenges, like I say, with product and, and employees. And um, uh, we were thankful that the governor said that we were essential. And yeah. uh, you know, we so we kept everybody employed that that wanted to. So. Uh -huh. I, I think the major challenges are, are gone right now, and it's a matter of, of building the business back 
to where we would have been in uh, 2019 at this stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the, uh, our, uh, <laughs> our corporate office wants to compare us to where we would be in 2019, but I'm saying, no, no, it looks much better when we compare it to 2020. <laughs> yes, yes, those numbers aren't all red then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're going to take a quick break so we can um, pay the bills. And when I when we come back, what I'd like to do is talk about for people who are out there right now going, oh, my gosh, why would I even buy a franchise now? It sounds terrible. <laughs> why do they still want to buy today, even though we've just survived or sort of or are crawling out of the hole of the pandemic? So, Freddie, take us away. Thank you, ma'am. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westbine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westbine with a y.com. Thanks, Michelle. And as people who were watching the show last week know, we moved from our beloved Gro or Shell Beach office to a new digs in Grover Beach. And news next week on when we're going to have our grand opening. Hope everyone can make it. I'll have news on when it's actually going to happen next week. Take it away, folks. All righty. So let's start with you, Ray. Why do you think people should still buy a franchise? <laughs> Why would people want to buy a franchise? Is that the question? <laughs> well, I mean, we just sat here and talked about <laughs> kind of digging out of this, right? It's kind of doom and gloom right now. But but the fact is, quite frankly, we are digging out, right? I mean, well, so I, think I, I, I think I, t I told everybody in the past on the show that what, what everybody told me when I told them that we were going to take everything we own and invest it in a franchise. And inevitably the comment was, are you nuts? <laughs> and of course, you know, yes, <laughs> you have to be <laughs> to invest in a franchise. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and you have to have a lot of guts. And uh, you also have to have an extremely good work ethic. And if you mm -hmm. lack any of those, then uh, you know, you, the chances are uh, that you may not make it and you may waste all that money. But you know what? I think it's other than uh, marrying my wife the first time, <laughs> you know, uh, I think it's the, uh, the best decision uh, we ever made, mm -hmm. without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. David, what would you tell somebody? You're on mute. I think it's just like anything else, you know, it's the old saying, you know, um, buy low, sell high type of thing. And 
depending on the business that somebody's looking at, th there could be a lot of advantages to, to looking at franchises right now. I mean, there's a good chance real estate's on sale, so to speak, right? Um, and I'm not talking about the housing market. That's out of control. But commercial real estate, maybe there's some vacancies. Maybe there's some motivated landlords that are looking to really lower the rent. And you can get in into a great location, maybe at a price you wouldn't have been able to a few years ago. So, you know, and, and there's and as people open, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate, but there's been attrition in, in the marketplace. So if you're in an industry where some people have or unfortunately closed their doors or had to close their doors over the last um, year or so, now you jump in there, you're feeding that kind of hungry crowd, so to speak, that doesn't have anywhere to, where else to go. So we were seeing that in a lot of the restaurant areas too, but this, that, that's for every, every business. You know, if there, if there was a dense market, but a good portion of those in your direct competitive line are gone, that's more people with fewer place, fewer options for them. So there's a lot of good reasons. Again, thorough due diligence, everything that Ray said still applies. And there, there's, there's great opportunities out there. Um, and, and, and layer that with this, the, the, systems of a franchise, I, I think now's a great time to be looking. Well, actually, that's a really good point. So so kind of in that in that vein, we're talking a little bit about resales, right? Because if you take a system that had, and, and Ray, Ray kind of talked about, we both, well, actually, all three of us kind of talked about it, right? In a downtime like this, you see strong businesses survive, right? In a time like this, you see a lot of poorly run businesses franchise or not franchise, they don't make it. And typically, if you have a, a business or franchise within a system that doesn't follow the program, they typically don't have a strong enough um, bank account to handle, especially this year. This has been a real, I mean, 2020, if you didn't have it in the bank, you didn't have system set up and you struggled to get that extra financing that was out there, it was really hard. And so I am certain to your point, David, if, if they're not still out there looking for somebody to buy them in a fire sale situation, there's probably a lot that rolled back to the franchisor. And, um, you know, so that's actually a really great point right now. There's probably some people out there that went perhaps even into debt to keep their businesses or their brands open great that point. people could take a look. Um, and I like your point that, you know, you can still go through all the due diligence you know, maybe it's a really great brand, but it was just a poorly run business and you have the backing of a brand. You know, the two, well, actually all the businesses I brought, I had bought, we got at fire sale prices and it's a great brand. It's just those three franchises were not well run. And it's, it's a great example, right? Buy low, sell high, right? Bet on yourself. One of the things that we should also bring up is that 80-20 rule, uh, rule of thumb with uh, owning your own business or owning a franchise. And, and that is for our benefit of our audience. If you start your own business, there's like an 80% chance of failure. But if you start a franchise, it's, there's an 80% chance that you're going to succeed. It, and of course, that's just a rule of thumb, but it may be a, a 1090, I don't know, but still it is a lot. And, and having all that support, especially when you're just starting out, 
with a franchise is tremendously helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, too, about that mentor program that we offer. And, you know, team resales, that's, that's absolutely in the ballpark, too. If somebody's out there, you're looking to buy a franchise and you want to explore resales, that's, hey, I mean, it's the same process we would go through with a brand new franchise going through resale. It's the same steps, right? You're going to validate. You're going to go through an FDD. All the same steps, whether you're buying from a resale product or you're buying from a brand new territory. So I think it's a really good option, David. Thanks for sharing that because I hadn't quite let that boil to the top of my head yet. So um, again, hopefully not only people out there who are looking to buy a franchise, but people who are also, I think that's all of us, right? Everyone listening. They're also customers somewhere. And I think it's really important to understand when you're shopping either small businesses or franchise businesses, you know, the pandemic has hit every single one of us in a different way and patience has just got to be key i mean and, and sometimes i catch myself too like okay um are you new here <laughs> yeah. and lo and behold the person says oh yeah and i'm like okay great we'll have a good day and i'm like <laughs> and because everyone's you know we're all fighting the battle so, um, you know, and, and not to forget, right, we're all going to start seeing the creeps. Gas is going up. That's a whole nother political discussion, right? Minimum wage, shortage of supplies. What else? I mean, we got the PPE that's gone up, causing prices. What else, David, can you think of? Yeah, but you know what, though, we're kind of staying on that subject of why somebody would want to jump in right now. And all things that you just rattled off, people are like, oh, my gosh, that's the end of it. But but here's the thing. <laughs> but, but, here, but here's the thing. I, right, the pendulum always swings back. That's what I always say. Pendulum always swings back. So we're going to come out of this, right? There's, you know, the, the whole world's digging in and figuring this thing out or trying to. And I guess where my mind always goes is, no, very few people. I have faith in humanity. I do have faith in people. Yes, you know, each generation thinks that the, the generation behind them is 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 not worth what our generation is type of thing. But I, I do believe as things open up and, and, and the unemployment starts running out and they're looking for work again, they're going to come back to kind of a shrunken sized opportunity situation for them. So you have a real good opportunity as a business owner when that happens to kind of pick the cream of the crop again. I mean, you can be real picky in, in your recruitment and, and, and your hiring and make sure that, you know, you obviously then you take care of them as we talk about. But I, I think just like anything, I, 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 I don't think you ever kind of shut down from fear and go, it's hopeless. There, there, there's so, what's the old saying? There's more millionaires made during a depression than any time. And, you know, and, and, and think about every depression, every recession, you think it's the end of the world. It feels like there's so much weight on you. Yep. But if, if, if that, that's also prime time when all the things are right and all the things we talked about too open. And, and again, another thing to think about it, it's not as if you left this podcast today and, and you bought an open tomorrow. I mean, there's some lead time, there's some lag time and, and you start adding that. Into, okay. When is that business really going to open? And what's the economy going to look like at that time? might be that's totally right. different. Yeah. But and I, I think, think they're predicting a boom economy, aren't they? Oh, Yes. Yeah, I mean, once we get past all this, then and probably starting at the end of this year and into uh, 20, uh, 2022, that the economy is just going to be skyrocketing. Yeah, 
And, and, you know, I think, David, some of, the, some of the lessons that you have shared with people in past segments as well are really important for people who are thinking about buying a business now. And I know we're going to do more on that, but like the leadership and making people understand that, you know, as you hire them, they are wearing your face, right, in your business. I mean, those are things that are so important because you're right, as you hire onesie, twosie people now and you're and you're really picky and you hire the cream of the crop, making sure that they're empowered to make the right decisions, make sure they understand what customer service is. Because if you take care of them now, when we hit those booms, that's going to be critical. Because that's then money, right? That's where we go for money. Not okay. Now you won the war for talent. Yep. That's yeah, yeah. The wizard wants to talk. Uh-oh. Yes, you've. If somebody's gonna want wear my face, then I want copyright or trademark uh, payments here. I'm just saying, you're wearing my face, using my likeness. I want to be compensated. That's all I got. Well, maybe not your face. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing is too, you know, everything's going to be changing too. I mean. You know the way we the way might be marketing the business three months six months eight. Oh, where's the ding ding ding? He said. I know it was the ding ding ding, right? He was and slow to. Fred's not going to want to hear this, but you know, with costs going up, you got to be creative. And and one in a lot of businesses, the best place for them to grow their business is their is is referrals, right? So I mean, I, I think about I mean, think about this: if you're in an existing business right now, and you can, and and you had the same customers all through this whole thing they're obviously loyal you're obviously doing something right they're going to be the first ones are going to say hey you know you got to use this these people this company to treat us well they got through the whole thing whatever the case may be so even if you're just starting up think with that in mind to say hey you want to be so good that you're going to build a referral base that's going to take your business up and running oh that's so true so true and and i think that you know, the word that we always kind of gently toss around and, and I joke about it because I always just make fun of these words of the year kind of things, but it is so true. It's a great word. It does represent everything that everyone has had to do. The word pivot, right? I mean, think about, you know, how much I, I seriously love not going to the grocery store. I still do occasionally, but seriously, have an Instacart at my front door. Like I just tell them when I want them to arrive and Amazon Prime, oh my gosh, you know, uh, Ray, our ex-vice president, went to open his own Amazon, whatever it's called, depot thing or whatever. He's got like 30 trucks already. And I'm thinking, oh, I would love to have a trucking company of Amazon trucks. What would I be doing with that? Like, seriously? Yeah, yeah. But it looks fun, right? It's got a smiley face on the truck. And all I can think of is delivering people their stuff the next day and how happy it makes them to get a package on the porch. You know, yeah. and yeah. so stuff like that, it's like a whole new business model that, yeah, that, that next day delivery for just about anything you need is, is uh, kind of a spoiled me. Yeah. And how about like one of those, was it um, Uber Eats or one of those DoorDash was about to go out of business. Then the pandemic hit and yeah. they go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, maybe what six months prior to that, they were like at the brink of disaster, and now they're gangbusters. 
talk about buy low, sell high. I wish I could see the future then, you know? So, you know, you just never know, but I'm really looking forward to a boom economy. And I hope that a lot of you out there really, you know, take all this to heart and don't shy away from buying something right now. They, they, <laughs> they still anticipate 26,000, 26,000 new franchises just this year, you know? If you want to see the economy in action, go to Home Depot. I mean, it's crowded. It's, yeah. you know, forget the six feet. It's more like six inches. Right, right. Fred needs to pay our bills again, and then we can come back and we can talk some more. Because, David, I know you got something on your mind I can tell. <laughs> All right, Fred. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are the Franchise Women. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. You know, they just celebrated Rebecca. No, I'm sorry. Rebecca helped celebrate um, her birthday, Elizabeth's 50th birthday, again this week. Now, because it's again this week, I don't think she actually turned 50 twice. I think mm -hmm. it was just an additional birthday celebration, but just a final congratulations, happy birthday to Elizabeth for your 50th birthday. I hope I get like a double happy birthday on my 50th <laughs> without gaining the extra like 50th birthday. But hats off to you, Elizabeth. Happy birthday again. I do want to note, wait, time out. I do want to note something when we wished ha uh, Elizabeth happy birthday last week. I never yeah. said what birthday it was. Uh, <laughs> but in fairness, in fairness, it was for the internet. I get it, but I just want it known that the mail did not did not put out there how many years old she is or how many years young, whichever it was. I just want it noted that it was the woman who outed her. Well, okay, I can say it because I'm going to be 50 this year, too. So, there. Now that even I've disclosed, full disclosure, her and I are the same age. Now she can feel just as young as I did. Uh-huh. I just want it noted, the Thank males, the okay, males did camera. not out Let's her. Move along. Move along. Move along. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Fred calling me out <laughs> just doing my job <laughs> oh how many shades of red will i turn it okay david let's move along you know it's funny you said it had something in my mind i really didn't i just when you were when ray was describing and you were describing all i could keep thinking of is one person's pain is another person's gain i mean and and 
this sure. this whole thing is is, is so you know th- describes it perfectly i mean there's yeah. you know and and again man you hate to be predatory so to speak and but it's it's a fact of life it's a fact of nature right the fit survive the fittest survive the best survive type of thing survival of the fittest survival of the fittest yeah. thank you and and i'm just sitting there as you were describing all that and there's businesses that are absolutely booming and thriving and some went out of business and you know there's factors that build into that but but that truly is a depiction of one person's pain is another person's gain and and uh, you just have to kind of tap into okay where is this market going when it's coming back um and and as i said there were there's always opportunities there's always going to be booming markets figure out which one it is and, and get in and do it yeah I think I need to go and start having like tarot cards read or something because I seem to always <laughs> miss it, right? Like I wanted to have a dog wash long before the dog washes came. Now they got dog washes, they got dog washes on the corner. Everything I had planned out. Now it's a big deal. Finish the whole boat. Well, that's that's part of being an entrepreneur, right? That's yeah. part of being recognizing the proper opportunities, and then the big word, act. Yeah. Take action, start, start moving towards it, right? Yeah. And, and that goes back to, I, I know Ray touched on this a long, many shows ago, and that was the fear of kind of pulling the trigger. Yeah. Can't be afraid. Stay yeah. late in a dollar short. That's what my dad always said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad always said, do unto others before they do unto you. But that was kind of a south side of Chicago thing. I just wanted to throw that in there. So that, that explains everything, Fred. <laughs> yeah. And my Don't second it? one is my second one is I'm gonna give you just enough rope to hang yourself. Yes. <laughs> I think that I think that's universal. I've heard I've heard I've heard that in, in business. <laughs> yeah. we, we we were talking a little bit earlier about supply and demand and there was something on Facebook and it's and it said something about uh, so-and-so's grandchild finally used the last roll of toilet paper his grandfather hoarded back in the, in the <laughs> <laughs> well wait till wait till fred's ai robots that manage his business in the you know 30th century are using his last roll of toilet paper <laughs> no 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 that's i i look at ai as if you're going to use it in business then you better be using it to sell AI, folks, because if you're going to use AI to sell me, I want to talk to a person. Um, I don't want to talk to an AI. Yeah. Well, that's as far down the rabbit holes we're going to go today. I just thought I'd give you a little taste of that. That's fine. <laughs> well, I think if you guys got anything else you want to talk about today with all this uh, road to recovery unmasked, yeah, I, I just think, you know, wrap it up with this is, is you know, have the mindset that um, that you, you need to stand out, right? Because as it's opening, you've got to come out and, you know, and stand out from the crowd. And, and, and whatever business that you're looking at, think about the ways that you're going to do it better than the people before you did and better than the people who are currently doing whatever it is, because that's the way you come in. Boom, you're doing it better. You're wowing the crowd. You stand out from all the rest. And and, and you, you're going to get rewarded. It's going to be noticed. There's no question in my mind. That, that's 
a lot of people they they're not fully they don't have full conviction when they open they're they're still a little bit timid is this going to work you know am i doing the right thing go out there and hit it and hit it full force and yeah right, i think you're right if, if there's a lesson in this and and uh Kristen and i've gone through a couple of lessons already but uh, in this particular thing i think it's don't panic set up good systems and processes and rely on them yep you know and but the thing is don't panic yeah. because if if as soon as you start changing things too dramatically because of uh, something like a pandemic then that's i think you're setting yourself up for failure because you're not going to be relying on the things that you have been relying on in the past yeah and I think, and I think both of both of you kind of said the one thing we used to refer to at my favorite home improvement store was cultivating the customer. And right now, while maybe the businesses aren't as busy as they used to be, that getting involved and staying engaged and you know getting all your operations in order—that's all part of cultivating the customer. Getting out there if you're in a customer-facing business. You know, I talked to my, my friends again over at Cartridge World in Bloomingdale, and they do a lot of B2B stuff. There's still relationships there to build up, so that they know a name and a face. And, and so it's really those personal interactions. I'm going to see a lady at the end of this month that I've had since. And anytime she's concerned or worried, she wants to come to her home. And I love to see whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's now 15 years old. Like, why would I not go to her home, right? And so I think that the cultivation of the customer is so important. And it goes back to what you guys talked about, I think, right, with your, your word of making sure that you get those referrals immediately day. how strong those referrals are because someone who tells you how great a company is goes far further than a coupon in yep. So... If there's one thing you all got today, please be patient with some of your business owners that are out there because everybody's working really hard to get things back to where they were. And if you're a business owner out there, don't forget where your money comes from. Cultivate your customers and take great care of your employees because they will in turn take care of your customers. Until next week, we will then be talking to the Ms. Molly Foundation with Molly Maid. They have been helping for 30 years take care of victims of domestic violence. We're looking forward to talking to them and what they have coming up with the foundation. And until next week, Ray, David. All set. Thank you very much. Great Thank stuff. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.